listening to The Train Gods. What's going on, Player Profiler Nation? Welcome to the latest episode of Trade Gods. I am one of the co-hosts, Matt Kuhn, of course. I am joined by my fellow Trade God brethren, the morning man, the best hair in the biz, the man that wears the turtlenecks better than anyone on planet Earth, Steve Jobs. You have nothing on my man here, Mr. Jason Allwine. What's going on, Jay? What's up, man? And Steve Jobs may have something on me, you know. 10, 15 years ago before he, before he passed. But these days, I'm the turtleneck king. You got it. <laughs> listen, listen. I'm trying to big you up, okay? Mark, you know, Steve Jobs is the turtleneck. Yeah. But, you know, the, 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 the title has to be passed down, and you yeah. are wearing it with absolute flavor and pizzazz, my friend. Very, very stylish every single week. And I can attest this. When we hung out at the Draft House in Kansas City, I was expecting Jason to show up in turtleneck. He didn't, but he was still very stylish. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I, I did wear a turtleneck to the draft when I. You had like a white one, but I, I was expecting the yeah. Oh, yeah. turtleneck. I should have, you know what? I, we, I should have brought my DJ. I should have brought like one of the shirts that I wear often. You should have brought one of We should have done a jersey swap in, in Kansas City. We should have had a jersey oh. swap with me, me and Jay. But next time, next time. There'll be a yeah. next time. So we'll have That's to, it. have to, have to do that. But we got a great show lined up for you today. We're bringing back a fan favorite. We heard enough, people. We're bringing back Trade Court here tonight, but we will have a very special guest playing the role of the judge. Jason, tell the people, who is our judge tonight? Yeah, and you can go follow this guy on Twitter, at DWZ Memphis. You've seen him on the Player Profiler channel. You've seen him on the show The Big Bet as well over on YouTube. Dynasty Warzone's host, Randall. Memphis Young, come on up here, man. What's happening, guys? Thanks for having well, me on. Of course. Man, I, I'm, I'm color-coordinated. I, I, I wore my uh, my LSU Tigers hat, you know, because the, the, the purple theme. They just won yes. the Natty in, in in college baseball. Number one and number two pick. No, no Normally, we're going to talk football, but they had the number one, the 101 overall and the 102 overall in the pro baseball draft this past week. But I'm, I'm fired up. I, I, I feel like the 101. I feel like the 101. I'm on I'm on trade gods. We're going to have a lot of fun. I had too much pre-workout, so the listening <laughs> audience has been warned. And, and for all you football listeners, and obviously everyone tuning in is a football fan, what what Memphis was talking about, the feat that just happened for the LSU Tigers was uh, they had the first two players taken in the draft first time ever, and the equivalent in terms of their fantasy prowess in the hori- or on the horizon would be like, let's say, Trevor Lawrence and – Bijan Robinson were in the same draft class. They got a generational type pitcher and a gen- generational type outfielder. So just had to translate the, it for the, the, the best I could explain to the to the non baseball, especially the college baseball listening audience, is imagine the year that Trevor Lawrence went one oh one if Travis Etienne went one oh two right behind him. That's about yeah, the best that, yeah, that's yeah. about the best analogy I can I can yeah. give. So that's the feat in which they pulled off. And that's pretty awesome coming off of a natty. So but let's talk some football, man. What's been going on with the uh, the trade gods? Trade gods is up and running. Uh, Jason and I, we have the TGIF, the, the Trade God Invitational Fantasy uh, League, and it's been very active. When you say Jay, like it's been wild. Yeah, no, it, we we had some players go up on the block today. I sent out I sent out an offer. Haven't heard anything back, but you know we'll see. Uh, country, if you're listening, reply to my offer. It, I did see Chad in the Chad is in the chat. Shout out Chad, big country bomb. Make the trade. Make the trade, Dom. Do it here live. Let's fire it up. But <laughs> Memphis, we brought you on. Uh, very, very excited for it. But when we when, when you agreed to come on, Jason and I were talking, like, we need to do something special. And Jason was like, well, I think I know what we should do. And I said, what are, you, what are you talking about, Jay? He's like, I think it's time we bring back Trade Court because we need some rulings on some trades. These trades all were brought in in the Player Profile Discord. Shout out to the Player Profile Discord. We got not one, not two, not three. We got five cases jason and i have split them up he will plead the case of one team i will plead the case of another and then we want to hear memphis's analysis and then he will make a ruling on who won the trade but before we get into trade number one let's hear from the podfather as he talks a little ffpc Hey, you know, people always ask me, what's the World Series of Fantasy? What's the Super Bowl of Fantasy? And it's easy. It's the FFPC. Their signature Players Championship has a $6 million prize pool. 
and their best ball leagues start in February. And they're the answer to so many questions. Hey, what's the best place to get a Dynasty Orphan? Well, you can adopt a Dynasty Orphan at the FFPC right now. There's more orphans at the FFPC than anywhere else on the internet. That's why we partner with them. So if you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, you love Dynasty, you love best ball, you love seasonal leagues, all types of fantasy footballers need to go to the FFPC and remember... Use promo code UNDERWORLD. Promo code UNDERWORLD gets you $25 off your first team. Promo code UNDERWORLD, $25 off your first team, no matter what the format is, at the FFPC. Go get it. Sign up for FFPC football today. They got everything you need when it comes to fantasy football. And if you need an orphan trying to pick up where someone left off, you can do that there as well. So here we are, ladies and gents. Trade number one. This trade is part of a 12-team PPR Superflex 1.5 TEP Star 11. Jason will be defending the side of Team B. Jason, would you like to go first or second? Uh, You can have the floor. Okay. So I will take the opening ceremony. What is it? The opening word? What is it? Opening statement. So... I mean, Memphis, please strike that from the record because I don't want you knowing off the top of the bat how much better of a lawyer uh, Jason Alwine is than myself. But anyway. It's a turtleneck. <laughs> it's a damn turtleneck. It really is. It's just the best best guy since Steve Jobs. We were saying in the intro. Anyway, <laughs> Travis Kelsey, 2023-2024 third-round pick. 2024 third-round pick. We all know that is not what this trade is about, Judge. By the way. The color scheme you're running right now, the Sopranos poster, it's supremely the best background in all fantasy football. What you're doing, holding yourself up. What are you, 27 years old? You look great for your age. So Memphis, Judge, Your Honor, uh, just thank you for, for, for joining us once again. But anyway, back to Travis Kelsey. Because just like Memphis Young, Travis Kelsey is the great differentiator. You have him on your team. You are setting yourself up to smash at a position that is an absolute dumpster fire outside of the select handful that are relevant per year. And if you don't believe me, let me just go ahead and read, uh, you know, where Travis Kelsey has finished each of his years in the NFL. That's including his rookie year all the way back in 2014. Tight end eight, tight end nine, tight end two, tight end two, tight end one, tight end one, tight end one, tight end two, and then last year returned to form tight end one he is a perennial producer of that of a top 12 to 14 wide receiver he is such the difference maker and his underlying metrics they are not showing any signs of slowing down 2.06 team yards per pass attempt best in the nfl 2.44 yards per route run second best in the nfl still has the second highest juke rate fourth highest dominator rating rating this guy is a beast oh Dare I mention he's attached to Patrick Mahomes. So, Your Honor, I would close by saying you got to trade for Travis Kelsey if you're trying to win because he is the great differentiator. Your Honor, opposing counsel has done a great job laying out the case for Travis Kelsey. And in some jurisdictions, it might even be considered a crime to trade him away. However, I do believe that my client got a good enough return in this trade, and it'll set him up for years to come while still avoiding the inevitable cliff that Travis Kelsey will face, whether it be this year, next year, or two years down the line, it still will come. The player profiler, Dynasty, tight end eight, plus two first rounders is a solid haul. Hoping my client lands Brock Bowers with one of those first round picks next year. But not only is the Muth just a top 10 tight end, he was a dominator in more than a few key metrics. Top 10 in total fantasy points. Dominator rating, yards per route run, receptions, yards, yards after catch, air yards, deep targets. I mean, the list goes on and on. I've still got five more to name, but we can end it here with unrealized air yards showing that there's still some potential. The Steelers are probably going to take a step forward with Kenny Pickett going into his second year. And there were some team metrics that were already really good. He had the third best target quality, the fifth best catchable target rate and ninth best yards per team pass attempt, which, if Kenny Pickett takes a step forward, might increase as well. It's incredibly difficult to trade away Travis Kelsey, but my client got enough. I'll rest my case. 
Well, allow, allow me to start by saying, first of all, we're going to keep this. This is a civil matter. We're going to keep this in civil court uh, <laughs> because if this trade was, is bad enough, I will send it to to the DA, to the prosecutor, <laughs> to have one of these sides potentially brought up on charges. Now, now this is a very fair trade. This is, almost feels like mediation as opposed to a ruling. I think like this is a trade that is potentially helping both sides. This is like an amicable divorce. Where you know each party <laughs> takes each party takes certain parts and, and you go your separate ways. Do I like Travis Kelsey? Yes, I do. But it's not where you've been; it's where you're going. And at what point do the Kansas City Chiefs say, "Hey, we got to stretch this guy out until we get another alpha pass catcher"? Whether that's Sky Moore, Rishi Rice, someone's got to step up. Kadarius Tony, someone's got to step up and take some of that burden off Travis Kelsey. Let's talk about Team B. Let's talk about Team Pat Fryermuth. Fun fact for you, Pat Fryermuth finished tied for fifth in tight end targets last year, and he missed two games. He was on pace for 111 targets last year. I, I, I've been a fan of this Pittsburgh offense. Um, I love this trade for, for both teams. I think it's completely fair. If I had to pick one today, I am going to lean, lean, lean to the Pat Fryermuth and two first sides just because it is dynasty. This is where we're going, but I fault zero dynasty GM for going all in and using a Travis Kelsey and a 1.5 tight end premium. My ruling is for team B, but I like it for both sides. I think this is a very amicable divorce. Shake hands. Let's talk trades. Memphis, I have a follow-up question. If you were the team B here and you're getting both of these first, is it a must in your eyes to get Bowers? The the rookie from, or the potential rookie from Georgia? Yes. No. The, the, no, new, I, the I, next I, unicorn. I, I, See, this is what happens. Don't go chasing waterfalls, kids. You know, you'll, you, we're going to talk about that, that type of thing later. Even the best tight end prospects take a while to marinate. You know, you could use both of those first and your own first if you still have your own first. You could package potentially two, maybe even something else. And I would rather go up in a super flex. I would rather go up and maybe talk Caleb Williams. Maybe I'm talking Drake May. Maybe mm. I'm even talking Marvin Harrison Jr. Forget mm. Bowers. I can use that ammunition along with my own draft capital. I can go out and get a go. And if you look back and say, and, and again, nothing wrong with Team A going to win. But if you look back in 2025 and you were able to turn Travis Kelsey and some good trade work into Pat Fryermuth, who turns out to be a top five tight end, along with a Marvin Harrison Jr. or a super stud quarterback, you're going to look back and say, I did right. I did the right thing. I made a good decision. It's kind of like what the Bears did, to be quite honest. The Bears, when they when they traded that first overall pick, if Justin Fields does not work out this year, the Bears have the ammunition to go up and make a move of their own for Caleb mm -hmm. Williams or or Drake May. So no fault to either side. I do like the fact that, that Matt is looking into the future of what these picks could bring into this roster. Two firsts in 2024, given the upside of Harrison and the two QBs, given the format. Uh, no, I would not be looking Bowers, but I would be looking to what those first could buy me. Yeah, Jason, you did a great job laying out, you know, that Frymuth is not just a throw-in. He could be someone you start week in, week out. And then that also kind of hedges your uh, – or gives you the flexibility to not really get aggressive on Bowers. And like Memphis said, okay. go after some of those other stuff you know, and I, still have Frymuth. And I didn't want to cut you off, but if you want like a super upside play, man, you know, a guy that me and the podfather both like, go get Michael Mayer. Go, go get Trey McBride. Go get one of these. You know, Jelani Woods is a lottery ticket in Indy. We've seen what that that Philly Shane Steichen offense has done for tight ends. So mm -hmm. I've just you, you you can get some other lottery tickets, but use yeah. that first round premium capital on a first round premium player, QB, right. wide receiver, running back. And that's something hey. we've talked. Sorry, that's something we've talked about a lot on the show. Is when you're tearing down at tight end, it's almost more worth it to go as far down as you right. can and try to get a really, really nice addition on top of a Jelani Woods, on top of a Trey McBride, because it's, I mean, you're getting two more than likely startable assets by the end of the year. Yeah, and this not only did they get, uh, you know, a, a, a tight end that's not that far of a tier, I mean, he's a far yeah. tier down from Kelsey, yeah. but he's not the bottom of the barrel that we were just talking about, and then getting yeah. two round ones. I mean, it's a, it's a really, really strong move. Jason gets the point. Fair enough. Let's go on to round number two, or should I say trade number two. This is a 12-team PPR, one QB, half point for first down start 10. Team A is receiving another pair of 24 firsts. Team B is getting DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall, a 26 first, and a 26 
fourth. Jason, you won round one, so I'll give you the chance. Do you want to get the opening statements or the closing remarks? Um, go first again. Go first again. I, I like I like following you up. <laughs> okay, so I have been tasked with the, or I should say, I'm contractually obligated yeah. to take the side of DJ Moore because I am the captain of the DJM fan club. So I will try my best to graciously defend the acquisition of Mr. Moore, Mr. Deniston Moore Jr. Mm-hmm. Getting DJ Moore is betting on a player that ascends to a level that we have been waiting on his entire NFL career. We have witnessed him eclipse the likes of 1,100 receiving yards, but we have yet to see him eclipse a top 12 season on a points per game basis we were close we had top 14 in 2019 but it's been a long time but this year he is in a new situation with the most talented quarterback he's ever played with and he will bring an ability to that team that they have yet to have and he will be able to not only help justin fields but the offense as a whole and when we look at dj moore he gets lost in the muck as maybe not a stud athlete the comparison to aj brown makes some simply cry when you bring it up, but the fact of the matter is DJ Moore is a better prospect than AJ Brown. He had a very similar athleticism score. I mean, we're talking a fraction of a point. Both were right around 106. And not only that, he had a better college dominator rating. He had a hundredth percentile college target share and a 97th percentile breakout age. DJ Moore is him. And what he brings is very good routes over the middle of the field, dynamic plays up the seams and up the edge. DJ Moore is going to be the answer for Justin Fields. Both of them will ascend to levels that stick them in the forefront of the fantasy talking points going forward. And when we're on, when we're talking about greatness, I also want to bring this up. What does you know Arch Manning, Cooper Manning, Eli Manning have in common? They were all very, very good. At football, And if I were to tell you that you might have a chance at one of their offsprings or one of their grandchildren, <laughs> wouldn't that interest you a bit to bring extra greatness on your team two years from now? That's right. I'm talking about Arch Manning, Your Honor. <laughs> so not only are you bringing in a wide receiver that is about to ascend to that level we have been waiting for, but you're also going to get a front row lottery ticket at Arch Manning. I rest my case. Yeah, uh, Your Honor. Really, when I look at this trade, it all does come down to DJ Moore. And ultimately, me and my client feel that this is at least a fair trade when you break it down in that we totally lose this trade if DJ Moore does become who my trade got brother, Matty Kiwum, expects him to become. But if he doesn't, my client does win this trade. And so we are looking towards the future and moving some of our depth into some picks next year. I'm imagining that moving a DJ Moore, a Terrace Marshall, and picks so far down the line that they probably weren't even sniffing the starting roster. DJ Moore might have at some point, but I I feel like this was probably a bench move and just kind of looking towards the future. Uh, We've talked about the assets in the last trade. This could be Brock Bowers, any of the quarterbacks, could be Marvin Harrison. Doesn't really matter. We're clearing the roster space, getting two roster spots to help me navigate this year and know that I'm going to have at least three first round picks next year and not have to take the risk of if the Bears offense can actually sustain DJ Moore, the pass catcher in the way that some are hoping he will. And that's all that's all we have to say, Your Honor. All right. Well, well. First of all, great job to to both uh, litigators here on, on the case, <laughs> Mister Mister Kiwi. I have a question for you. I have a couple of questions for you about your side. Your Honor, go ahead. Can, can, can you name the professional wide receivers that Mr. Justin Fields has made better in his two years in the league? I you cannot, argue. sir. You you cannot. Can you name the quarterbacks that Mr. DJ Moore has made better in his time? Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, washed Cam Newton. He was so Kyle good with Mr. Allen. Mayfield that Mr. Mayfield's now in Tampa Bay by, by way of L.A. with the Rams. Sam Darnold that, is now he, in, in San Francisco. He got the if he wasn't on that team, I would argue they'd be far, far worse. Here, I, 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 I would say you're, you're, Mr. Kiwum, that that if DJ Moore can make quarterbacks, he wouldn't be on his sixth. So let let's move along. So you want me to take DJ Moore, who a guy who I love, broke my heart. Um, so so maybe there is some bias in there, and a guy who's currently a, a, at a minimum a high a, a high school senior to a college freshman or two 2024 first, based on the generational talent that is 
Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. I have to lean in favor of the first. Um, the Bears' offense, just to be honest, really scares me. They attempted 22 passes per game last year. That's 14.5 passes per game. Oh, excuse me, that's 22 passes per game. And if you bump that up to, to say, 120%, so you take that all the way up from 377 last year to 452, now we go up to 27.5. And if we adjust Mr. Fields' completion percentage from 60, not even 59 and change, but from 60 to 65, that's 18 completions. How are we chopping up those 18 completions? How many go to Cole Komet and, and Darnell Mooney and DJ Moore? and Chase Claypool, and the running backs. So there's not enough volume for DJ Moore to carry the value of first. It bums me out big time, but I must once again rule in favor of Mr. Jason Allwine. Your Honor, perm permission to speak freely. For, uh, speak away, sir. There's no way on God's green earth I would ever trade two firsts for DJ Moore. I will defend it. <laughs> the face, but I would never make it. This is a slam dunk for Team A. No doubt about it. But Jason, you did a great job presenting the facts. And you did you your level best trying to trying to I, try, I will defend DJ Moore until I am blue in the cheeks. You were polishing but that turd. It was not easy to do. Uh Jason, I'm picking the sides next week. Next time we do this, I'm picking. Well, I wanted you to have DJ Moore. Yeah, or you just wanted to have a slam dunk here. No, I don't know. I, I think it's – I honestly think it's it's fair. I mean, I know that 2026 is so far away, but it's still a first-round pick. And uh been doing some top five graphics for, for the Instagram and Facebook, and Terrace Marshall keeps popping up in some efficiency metrics for receivers. I, I, I mean, it's a lottery ticket. I'm still the, probably taking the first side, but I don't think so, it's the only thing – the only thing in this trade that's guaranteed, well, I guess the 26 first, the only thing in this trade guaranteed to accumulate more value between now and this time next year, well, I guess the drafts will be over, are those 24 first. Definitely. They're only going to go up, up. And, and if you got those as a contender, which, I mean, even as a contender, you may consider moving DJ more for this haul. You could use one of those first mid-season, in-season to go get like a vet. And uh, so, yeah, this is pretty easily the first, but it, it, it looks uh, it looks good on paper. This next this next trade, though, is the one I'm really excited for. Yeah, we had the Harry Snowman in the chat. He is an actual real life lawyer and uh, he's throwing out the term sidebar and stuff. I think I need to take some cues. Maybe I'll have to get some lessons, some quick. Uh, you should, you you know, should counsel up with Harry. So, so Rob's got to give you some lawyer for lawyers for dummies uh, lingo for next time. So uh, but anyway, I'm down to two zero. We got to move on to trade number three. This one is an absolute blockbuster of 12-team PPR Superflex 2.0 TEP Star 11. Jason, you are up to zero. I will again give you the choice of giving the opening statement or the closing remarks. Yeah, I'll, I'll just go ahead and start off here, and I am sorry for picking this side again. To me, I, I honestly think that this is the most slam dunk of the trades that have come out. I was going to present an exhibit, but it doesn't let me just show a file uh, on StreamYard. So my exhibit was the trade analyzer, though. On the trade analyzer, it does have team one at 728.25 and team two at 591 points. It's, it's, it's just for me, I would rather have Kirk Cousins over Matthew Stafford. In a two-point tight end premium, it's still very arguable, but I think... I think that Mark Andrews is probably more valuable than CeeDee Lamb. Extremely, extremely arguable. But Tony Pollard over DeAndre Swift. And I, I, a 2025 first for Elijah Moore is is honestly highway robbery to me. So I, I every single side of this trade for Team A, to me, stacks up over Team B. I don't feel like I have to bring metrics into it. So I'm just going to rest my case there and hope that's enough. Your Honor, I will, I will relinquish one of what uh, my colleague here has has brought of, brought before you, and that is that I would much rather have Kirk Cousins than Matthew Stafford. But I would argue that every single one of these other assets should go in favor of Team B. Last year, uh, if you you know we're all in the Scott Fishbowl. Scott Fishbowl is two point zero tight end premium. Uh, and I was doing a little research for this draft, looking at last year's statistics with this year's scoring, which is the tight end premium. CeeDee Lamb was a far better producer than Mark Andrews. CeeDee Lamb is younger, and CeeDee Lamb's coming off of a 1,400-yard receiving season in which he was wide receiver 700 points per game basis. Absolute smash season, and he's on an ascending offense. So I don't think it's as slam dunk as some may have said. And Tony Pollard, 
Tony Pollard is two years older than DeAndre Swift. This time, two years ago, Tony Pollard's value was in the tank. DeAndre Swift puts together a nice 23 season. He is back on the same trajectory as a 26-year-old Tony Pollard. And when you look at what we loved about Pollard throughout his career in Dallas was his efficiency metrics, well, DeAndre Swift is the efficiency god in his limited role with the Detroit Lions, in which he only had a 41.8% snap share. He was still running back 15 on a points-per-game basis, was able to score eight touchdowns, had a fifth-highest breakaway run rate, second yards per touch, and second in yards created per touch. And on an offense like the Eagles, he could absolutely go bananas. And if I'm going to talk about a 24 first for Elijah Moore, I would say that is a slam dunk, no doubt about it. But with the factor of time in my favor – Elijah Moore is a big breakout season from potentially netting me another 25 first a year from now when I still have that time to play for it. So, yes, Cousins over Stafford every single day of the week. But I would argue that Lamb over Andrews, Swift over Pollard, and Moore over the 25 first in Dynasty. So I will rest my case there, Your Honor. The floor is yours. Well, well, well first of all, I, I want to start by Mr. Kiwoom saying that the the clients you've taken on tonight have you working harder than an ugly stripper. You are working, <laughs> you are working your tail off to uh, to make it work for your clients. This t- team B team B looks like uh, JPP's hand post firework accident. You got like you got like one you got like one good appendage left. That's CD Lamb. <laughs> a bunch of burnt nubs. I, I would because so here's the here's the fun fact: Kirk Cousins uh, and Matthew uh, Stafford are the same age. They're no, both thirty five. No they're, way. They're both, yeah, Matthew Matthew Stafford turned thirty five in February, and Kirk Cousins uh. turned thirty five. Oh, I'm sorry, Kirk Cousins turns thirty five next month. So they're what? about eight, they're about eight months apart in age. And Cousins is, just has an elbow. Matt Stafford doesn't yeah, yeah, have an you know, elbow. Yeah. And, and, and as it relates to Dynasty, which is what we do, they are, bo- they are both not 100% sure where they'll, where they'll be working next year. This is the last year of Kirk Cousins' deal. You know, it was rumored that Stafford was allegedly on the trade block, and he could retire. I mean, the, the yeah. lure of that Tony Romo Amazon money is going to keep pulling, you know, smart, fun, articulate guys. And I think Stafford could be that guy. So I don't know how much longer either one of these guys got. But there's there's no world where I've seen DeAndre Swift consistently produce like Tony Pollard. And they're both on one-year deals. Tony Pollard playing on the on the franchise tag and DeAndre Swift the last year of his rookie deal. He'll be a free agent. I'm praying that he's the backfill for Austin Eckler in L.A. with the Chargers. But the, the piece that sticks out giving the format is Mark Andrews. That much volume in a two-point tight end premium just makes this so delicious. And I love Elijah Moore. I really think there's an opportunity to do interesting stuff in Cleveland with this offense because I think you're going to see a big shift toward the passing game. And you're going to see things you've not seen in Cleveland, whereas before that's been very Nick Chubb heavy. I think you're going to see a ton of stuff in this Cleveland offense this year. Plus, you got the first. Matt, you did a great job trying to sell this side, but this is clearly Team A. Slam I would dunk. agree. I would agree it's Team A. Uh, but I job. will say one thing, though. I will say this. In my own ranting, I did tell myself, and now I believe it, I would rather have DeAndre Swift in Dynasty than Tony Pollard because you're 100% right. One of these running backs has not produced nearly as consistent the other one. You just got the names wrong, Memphis. Pollard has one season inside the top 30 on a points-per-game basis where DJ Swift has never finished outside the top 15 on a points-per-game basis at the running back position. So if anyone's been... But that's a smaller sample because he misses so many damn games. That's the problem. That's the problem is that he misses so many games that we 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 don't have this full sample. And now he's in like a super... But here's the thing. I will say this. This is the trade, guys. We've got some more trades to cover. I will say, if you can get DeAndre Swift in a dynasty league cheap, he could wind up in a lot of juicy spots next year because there's a ton of free agency and a ton of free agency oh, yeah. move. Oh, yeah. And, and he's in a very convoluted backfield. They still have Boston Scott. They've got Gainwell. They, they've got uh, Penny. And, I, and I'm missing somebody. I feel like they've got like a, a bevy. Of, of running back, yeah, they have the four so the the four guys right now. Yeah, Swift, they they they've got a Boston and Gainwell. 
Yeah. So, so some of these guys, you know, there's going to be potentially a, a buying window in season from a very dissatisfied GM on DeAndre Swift. He's the kind of player that if you're you're trying to get him as a throw in in season, it's going to be perfect because here's what happens: he winds up, you know, maybe it's L.A. with the Chargers or in the Bengals to replace Joe Mixon, and all of a sudden, without even playing a game for that new team, his dynasty value just skyrockets. So a lot of things can happen with DeAndre Swift because he went to Georgia, he was a Debbie darling, he was a a highly recruited player. So there's some insulation there, but just if I'm building, given this format, I got to take the other side. So Harry Snowman, he's been one of our best, you know, guests every single week. He's asking this question. I think we should answer it. What draft pick do you think Swift is worth right now, guys? Today, I'd give any second. I'd give any second. I would not give a first. If I had to give a 24 second and like a 20, 25 third, I would, because those are picks that are easily recoupable or able to recoup down the line. But I'm not giving up a first. No, not with this draft class. Not not the way that first. If I'm giving up a first, I want a premium player that I feel 95% barring injury is really going to help me this year, and that's not DeAndre Swift. I can't do it. Would you give up two seconds? Yeah, if I could. I mean, I'm I'm that guy. I'm always going to try to squeeze that third back. I'll give you two seconds for DeAndre Swift and like a 25 third or something. Because you know, they just at that point, if it gets the deal done, fine, whatever. But yeah, I would. I mean, yeah, because he's. He's still super young, and he's he's going to be on an, an exciting offense. So, again, his name value. He was like again. This is the the thing with Devi and, and Power Five conferences, and it's cognitive dissonance. Once you believe something, it's very hard to not continue to believe it. So, he he's going to hold some value, and he's going to be just mark write this down. Come back to this trade gods podcast. Save it. Leave it in your phone for seven months, and come back in seven months when NFL free agency is going on and, and he winds up on a new team and his dynasty value goes bananas. You heard it here first, more than likely on the Trade Gods podcast. That's why you tune in and subscribe to Player Profilers YouTube channel. And that's why you bring Memphis on. And Jason, you said you would potentially move a 24 first. I, I was year. kind of thinking more like if I owned DeAndre Swift, I would want a first. And okay, I, got I, it. You, know, you got tried it, to get it. him off of me and you did get him off me in the Trade Gods League. Victim of circumstances here. I downgraded too far and had to clear roster space and took three seconds for him and Penny. Uh, it is what it is. I would have liked to get a first for Swift. I, I don't think Fair if enough. I have Swift, I'm taking just a second. Something else gets thrown in, maybe. Uh, but yeah, I, I I don't think I'm giving a first, though, either. So So maybe that means that DeAndre Swift is a hold. So Jason has won the night. That's his third point. There's no way I can come back for that. But we still have two trades. For the All sake right. of the show, let's get into it. I will go first. I know you've won the show, but the rules are now out the door because the game's over. So I will. Well, well, can I interject real quick as the judge? Of course, you're the judge. You can the tell real, the, real winners, the real winners are the listening audience. No, no, you, no, no. Like in a head Jason's to head contest, yeah. But head, well, you guys, Jason beat me. You guys figure that yeah! out how, how you may, but you know what? You guys are putting this in show's over. listeners. Yeah, the listeners know. The listeners tune in for our witty banter and our trade breakdowns, and we have two more to break down. So I'm still going to give it my all. I'm still going to talk about both or my side, and I am defending Team A here. This is a 12-team PPR Superflex start. Ten, you want them studs. Team A gave up Dak Prescott in a 24 first to receive a 2023 first-round pick. It is the 1-0 three in this year's rookie draft so i will be defending the side that got dak prescott in a 24 first dak prescott is a top 12 receiver in dynasty conservatively he's absolutely going to make a massive difference in a super flex start 10 format and on on top of all that yes you're losing the 103 which is looking like bryce young cj stroud jackson smith and jigba so that's a fair price to pay to get a difference maker now and a 24 first on it from theoretically a team that isn't going to be as good with that 103 as opposed to Dak Prescott. So you could come out of this a year from now with Dak Prescott and Marvin Harrison, Dak Prescott and Drake May, Dak Prescott and potentially Caleb Williams. So this is a slam dunk for the team getting Dak Prescott in the 24 first. I will rest my case there. Yeah, your honor. My client and I mostly just want to enter a plea deal and avoid. (laughs) (laughs) We'd like to avoid criminal charges here. Sure. 
we could be looking back in five years from now and CJ Stroud or Bryce Young are fantastic quarterbacks, franchise guys, and this is worth it. But that's a big if. That's a really big if. Dak Prescott's going to get you points now, and there's two quarterbacks in next year's draft class that are fantastic. So it, I, I do think that Team A sides wins, and we would just like a criminal or to avoid the criminal charges here. If you'd like, I can use my floor time to hype up C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. But um, I think that in terms of this trade and getting this show moving, we just we just want a nice little arrangement here, Judge. Yeah, a couple of couple of things. I've spoken with the DA. There are criminal charges being brought against Team A, and I am ordering a court uh, mandated psych evaluation for the GM of Team B. <laughs> Why do we hate nice things? Why do we not like nice things? Is Dak Prescott that boring? Now, here's the one caveat. Let's say you play in a league with a bunch of Ohio State fans, or um, for some reason. You know, C.J. Stroud, maybe maybe this is in an Alabama league and someone took Bryce Young very early with the 102. And maybe you're thinking Anthony Richardson. I'm, I'm swinging for the stars. Even then, even if that's your belief that you're, you're – you see mm-hmm. Dak Prescott as Kirk Cousins' boring cousin. Could be. I, I, I don't disagree with that. Then just offer the 103 – just offer Dak for the 103. Yep. If you're looking for some – Someone got crazy, and and you're looking at a rich or even crazier Bijan Robinson's there. Maybe that's what happened, but without that amount of context, this is a crime. This is a two eleven. That's a robbery in progress, <laughs> and I am going one hundred percent for Team A. Maddie, you got a winner. You're on the board, baby. Baby, let's go. Every once in a while, a layup does feel nice. Let's move on to the fifth and final trade. This is a twelve team PPR one QB start ten again. You want them studs. Team A is receiving Rashad Bateman and Garrett Wilson. Team B is receiving Jalen Waddle. Why don't you take opening statements this time, Jason? I think you haven't done it yet tonight. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. I First off, Your Honor, we have to get ahead of it and recognize that, yes, Garrett Wilson is ahead of Jalen Waddle in dynasty rankings and in many dynasty rankings. However, we're clearing roster space and also recognizing that this is a fantastic selling opportunity for an asset that is likely going to be in a worse situation in years to come for an asset like Jalen Waddle, where it can only get better. Tyreek Hill will begin to slow down and Waddle's targets will go up and up and up. And last year, Jalen Waddle was one of the most efficient wide receivers in the league. I would say arguably the most efficient wide receiver. He had the 24th most targets in the league, but he had the seventh most yards added into perspective of this trade waddle had 31 less targets than wilson but 253 more yards he also doubled garrett wilson's touchdown total eight touchdowns versus four touchdowns for garrett wilson again with 31 less balls going his way for me and my client i feel like the roster spot and the the uh safety of jalen waddle that we're gonna have for years to come Makes this trade fair for my client. And, you know, perhaps in this world, we also had to uh, in this one QB league and we're going for a little fun stack action. Don't know for sure, but that that is fun little wrinkle to throw in. And otherwise, we're going to rest our case here and, and hear what we what, what Maddie has to say about Wilson and Bateman. Garrett Wilson last year saw the sixth most targets in the NFL, the ninth most red zone targets in the NFL. And he was a top 20 in route wins last year. So he is a winner at the line of scrimmage, getting open for his quarterback. But the problem was his quarterback last year was Zach Wilson. His quarterback was horrible. And there are a few metrics that suggest that absolutely was the case. Garrett Wilson had an accuracy, uh, a target accuracy rating of 6.6. That was 90th in the NFL Last year, Garrett Wilson, he had 12.7 fantasy points per game. That was 30th most. But his expected fantasy points per game were 15, 13th in the NFL. And he had 837 unrealized air yards. That was the sixth highest mark amongst qualified wide receivers. This profile suggests there is going to be some positive regression, or dare I say, progression for Garrett Wilson because it's coming in the form of a Hall of Fame quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. And on top of getting Garrett Wilson, you are also getting a lottery ticket at this point 
in Rashad Bateman. You know, he has not fired in the manner of which we thought Rashad Bateman would. But taking on a, a lottery ticket, a chance like Bateman, is is really just negated by the fact that you're also getting a blue chip top five dynasty wide receiver on top of it. So the lottery ticket who could fire and become the prospect that we all thought he would be in this Todd Munkin offense and Garrett Wilson makes the team a side an absolute slam a well, 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 first of all, I, I hope that the good listeners of the Trade God podcast, if you ever need a lawyer, I hope you get one that works as hard as these two gentlemen have tonight. <laughs> because a couple of these trades, these guys have been handed absolute cinder blocks instead of life preservers. <laughs> and, they're, and, they're, and they're doing their damnedest to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. So for me, Garrett Wilson's my wide receiver four in a startup right now. So I would take him over Waddle anyway. It, it would, this would be a crime if Rashad Bateman was actually good at football. And maybe he can be, but something tells me you keep drafting first-round wide receivers, you're probably not too thrilled and you're allegedly in on Hopkins and bringing in Odell Beckham Jr. If they thought you were a dude, they wouldn't keep bringing in other dudes. This can also serve you well in your love life. Take that for, for what it is. <laughs> but I, I, do, I do love Jalen Waddle. I don't think it matters if Tyreek Hill's there or not because this is clearly a two-man receiving game. Maybe they sprinkle in some of the running backs. And, and the cool thing about Jalen Waddle is that Miami, if I remember correctly, is like $65 bucks over the cap already next year. The owner, Stephen Ross, very wealthy but very old. And he is pushing his chips in because he's trying to chase a championship. He's putting the, the future salary cap on the credit card, a la the Saints. So Jalen Waddle is going to do well. But for me, I'm a Garrett Wilson guy now. I will say this, if it was just Jalen Waddle and maybe, I don't know who's the, the wide receiver, and Alan Lazard in Miami, different conversation. But when you have one of the all-time best wide receivers, and I am willing to say that about Tyreek Hill, one of the all-time best wide receivers on your roster currently and playing at a high level, it's hard for me to take Jalen Waddle over Garrett Wilson. So great job by both uh, litigators tonight, but uh, ruling in favor of, of Team A. Oh, gets on the board again. Maybe we should rearrange the trades so that we could have went into a rubber match situation, uh, Jason. But <laughs> ne- you know, next time, yeah, next time, don't go give them all away, you know. But, yeah. but you guys are working hard. I mean, when, when people think about this for a second, when you hire a lawyer like our friend Harry Snowman in, in the chat, you know, when you scratch that check when you get done with those services, remember that those services are very valuable. So kudos to both you guys for uh, excellent litigation skills. Thank you. I appreciate that, Your Honor. And you were absolutely the most honorable judge this trade court has ever seen. It was nice to get on the board. But for this trade, I actually would be a little bit interested if Bateman was on the other side. That might make it a little bit more intriguing, down you know, down-tiering from Wilson to Waddle getting Bateman. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that another day. It was good to compete against you, Jason. You are victorious here tonight. And that concludes this week's segment of... I had to shake hands real quick. (laughs) All rise for the honorable trade gods. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 draft kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production, both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you could take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet. And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league. Do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. 
Go get it. Shout out to the world famous draft kit and shout out to you guys for working on it. Memphis, Jason, it's been incredible. Player profiler. We got a ton of stuff coming uh, and it, it just, it just keeps coming. Not only did we add dynasty war zone to the network, J- Memphis, you've done a show each week for two, three, four months. Now it's been a little while, right? You've, You've been cranking them out here. I've been a guest. It's a fantastic. You and Jerry kill it each and every week on the Dynasty War Zone. And there's another show that is now on the network. It is the first in 15 fantasy show. They have been diving into a lot of running back talk, which backups can become starters, some late-tier guys, and where do they see each running back being kicked out. So if you want some high-end fantasy analysis, check in on the first and 15 show that comes out right after trade gods each and every week. So we couldn't leave you out. You know, our listeners were so glad that you stuck around because of course we're going to hit you with our favorite segment. It's time to buy and sell. This week, three players that we are talking about, whether buys or sells, Geno Smith, Kyle Pitt, Michael Pittman, we're going to start with Geno Smith. Memphis, are you buying or selling Mr. Geno Smith? I'm, I'm buying Mr. Geno Smith. It's the Jared Goff corollary. You got a mid-head coach. You got a mid-GM. They overvalued a mid-QB, and they surrounded him with a lot of weapons just to keep him 9-8. and eight. What happens? You never really finish high enough to get a draft pick that allows you to replace him. I call this the Indianapolis Colts corollary as well. And the Colts <laughs> finally had a bombed enough season to potentially get the QB of the future. And, and I say that jokingly. I do like Pete Carroll, and I, I think they've done a good job of surrounding him. I mean, JSN, DK Metcalf, Lockett, you know, Noah Fant's still there. You know, they, they added additional running backs. I mean, they're believing in this offense. And if I told you QBR, ESPN created QBR because it's a QB efficiency metric. If I told you last year in 2022 that Geno Smith was more efficient than Joe Burrow, you might not have believed me, but it's true. Geno Smith is probably going to give you a two to three year window, you know, given his age, early 30s of solid QB2 production, and he's going to have QB1 week. So he's a buy at his current value. And um, I'm good with G- uh, Gino as a buy. Jason, what are you buying or selling a Gino Smith? This one, this one was kind of one of the tougher ones that I think that we're going to discuss tonight for me because I do want to be buying him, but I also think that in a lot of dynasty communities, especially with Gino Smith owners, that he's a little bit more expensive to acquire than what the price tag actually looks like. So I think if I roster him, I'm holding him. I'm not necessarily looking to sell. I'm buying him if I can actually acquire him. And I might sell him depending on what the package is. I do think that there are some quarterbacks behind him that could find some similar situations where they just end up being surrounded by really good weapons and becoming efficient quarterbacks. Jared Goff is cheaper than Geno Smith. Uh, Brock Purdy is cheaper than Geno Smith. Mac Jones, if D-Hop comes to town. And my boy Desmond Ritter, I think also, if you can get a nice cherry on top of any of those quarterbacks, you're you're looking at a Geno Smith light probably. Um, except for Jared Goff, who's basically Jared Goff any, or Geno Smith anyway, but with, with you know a fun coupon also thrown in on top. So I guess ultimately really just comes down to what you're getting or what you're paying. But good quarterback, like the future ahead of him, all of that stuff. Geno's path to becoming fantasy relevant it was so unique that I, there are a bunch of scenarios where teams that aren't in it in 2023 – uh, roster him because he came, you know, either last picks and drafts or free agent. So if I do roster him and I don't believe I'm a championship contender, he's a sell. But I want to talk about the buying end because if I am a contender and he does hit the market, I will buy third and money throws, fourth and true completion percentage, third and deep ball accuracy rating. They added JSN. He was QB8 on a points per game basis last year. I think he can do that again, even with all that mid up in Seattle as a football club. For fantasy team, he's a little bit above that now. Uh, can't believe it, but he's one of those guys that's coming at a deal. He is a quarterback 22 on our rebuilding dynasty ranks and QB 14 on the player profile win now dynasty ranks. So I think that suggests that what we're all saying, we're all kind of lockstep here, that you're looking to buy if you're looking to win. So that's going to put a bow on Mr. Geno Smith. The next guy, you see him in the graphic. And if you're listening on the podcast, I'm dragging this out because it's a big one. We're talking Kyle Pitts. Buy or sell Kyle Pitts, Mr. Memphis Young. 
why do you want this audience to hate me? Why why'd you put me on here with, with Kyle Pitts? He's a sell for me. Uh, kudos. I, th- this is one of the things that makes me proud to be part of the player profiler team. We actually have him as a very reasonable tight end three overall in a in our dynasty rankings, whereas you go to some sites, they have him as the tight end one. What has he done? You know, I don't want to hear college, guys. This is year three of your professional career. It's the same thing I feel about Justin Fields. I don't give a shit about Ohio State. That was three years ago. You know, I had hair three years ago. Now, here I am talking about fantasy football with you guys. JPP had a hand. JPP had a hand. I mean, it was was a while. So I I would much rather sell him and try to get a TJ. If I can get any plus, if I can get TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, any of those guys. Because you know what those guys do? Not only are they, quote, unquote, less valuable. They do this really cool thing called score fantasy points, not imaginary points that could or couldn't happen. But I want the guys that actually score fantasy points. And if you'll give me a little something on the side, and then again, I'm always going to do this because tight end is such a weird position. Why does Kyle Pitts have to break out any more than 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 Dalton Kincaid or Michael Mayer or Trey McBride or Chigga Congo? Why does he have to? Is it because he went to the SEC? Is it because the Debbie Darlings and the Debbie dudes told you he was going to be the next man? What has he actually done? I know he had a thousand yards as, as a rookie, but that he was the first one since Mike Dick in like 1847, right after the gunfight at the OK Corral. No one cares. I want fantasy points. That's all I want. I want fantasy points. And he's yet to deliver those. So I'm going to use his name cachet and I'm going to go move on to someone who scores points and take anything else I get as a bonus. I'm with you, Memphis. I am also selling. This is not a knock on his ability. It is a situation and price thing for me. Um, he's widely considered, at worst, tight end three. Like you said, Memphis, in a few places, he's considered tight end one in Dynasty. And when you look at the Trade Finder tool on playerprofiler.com, and if you want to get that, you can use the promo code Maddie or Jason to get yes. $10 off of the Dynasty Deluxe and all of the features on the all-in package. So when you look at the trades on the Trade Finder, here are a few that happened within the last 10 days. So recent trades involving Kyle Pitts. You were able to sell Kyle Pitts for Mark Andrews and Amari Cooper. Cha-ching for me. Pitts in a 24 second and third for Hawkinson in a 24 first and third. Cha-ching. Pitts for Kenneth Walker and Trey McBride. Again, I am taking the side of the top six dynasty running back and a tight end that I think could ascend to that next level. Jason alluded to it earlier. We talk about it all the time. If you are going to down tier and, and tier down at tight end, go way down and get yourself a top six, top three, top five. We'll see where he lands in a year, but Kenneth Walker is a B. So I am tr- I am selling, not because I don't believe in the kid's talent, but because the price is just so juicy, even as recently as 10 days ago. So we're selling. Jason, you told me what you are going to talk about here earlier when we were chit-chatting uh, before uh, during the day, but I'm going to let you take the floor here, buddy. I'm doing it. I am buying Kyle Pitts, and I want to preface this with last year I was selling Kyle Pitts. There's a player profiler article out there from last offseason naming him my number one tight end sell. This year I'm back in. I am buying Kyle Pitts, not just because of my Falcons fandom, but before I get completely anecdotal, I will pull out some metrics from last year. He had the second best target share. He led all tight ends in target rate, air yard share, deep targets, unrealized air yards and average cushion while playing in what 12 games i think i think it was 12 games 12 All 11 even yeah so it, to lead in those categories with limited game time is incredible and now i just want to get a little bit anecdotal because we talked about scott fishbowl privately before the show and uh yesterday or two days ago now maybe at this point i was on the clock kyle pitts was sh- staring me in the face in tight end premium, and i was really thinking about it Ultimately, I passed on Kyle Pitts, but the second, I swear to you, the second I decided not to not to pick Kyle Pitts, it all just hit me like a light bulb switch went off to where I am back in on Kyle Pitts and I wish I picked him. And here's why. Right now, all of us, everyone in the fantasy football community has no idea how these Falcons targets are going to be distributed and are also expecting not that many pass targets in general. And we've never seen Desmond Ritter play with Kyle Pitts. It's a complete unknown. So I, I, you break it down. And I think all of us here can agree, everyone listening can agree, that Bijan Robinson is going to get his. 
no ifs, ands, or buts. Bijan Robinson is going to get whatever he needs in this offense. So then you're like, okay, how is it going to break down between Drake London and Kyle Pitts? And then you remember, oh, Drake London's going to have the cornerback one coverage 90% of the time. And Kyle Pitts isn't even going to be playing the traditional tight end position because the Falcons just brought in Jonu Smith. They're going to be using Kyle Pitts all over like they have been historically. He led the league last year in cushion, showing that actually he's given some, some space when he's running his routes. He did that also in his rookie year. I think that the pieces are finally coming together for Kyle Pitts to lead this Falcons offense in target share, in volume, uh, and actually be the fantasy football contributor that we have been wanting him to be. I know it's anecdotal, but when I'm trying to piece together what this Falcons offense is going to look like, I think Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson are going to be the targets that are open more often than not. Bijan Robinson starts tearing things up. You've got a linebacker or a strong safety committed to him every single play. And Kyle Pitts has a weak corner covering him. It's just a recipe for success. I, I, I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm in on Kyle Pitts. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. All right. I mean, listen, the, 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 the skill set is tantalizing. And once he pops, you aren't getting him. So if you even have an inkling that you want him, then you got to go now. Because if he fires... Like, like, like Memphis and I alluded to when we talked earlier that this guy, he is, his price is so high right now. Can you imagine what it will be if he gets another rack and finishes as tight end three on the season? I mean, that well, could be massive for his. I, I would go as I would go as far as to say if he had even Tyler Higby's season from last year. I know in in full point in, in that's full probably point, true. You know, I think if I remember correctly, in one point seven five tight end premium. Higby finished as the tight end six. If he even finishes there, it's it's right back to the moon. It's it, that's enough of a sample, you know that that people are going to be in. I'm not telling you to be out. I'm just out at cost. Yeah, you know that's because exactly I, I, I'm because you know I I I I'm always very nervous buying things. The, the one thing at the top, the tippy top of the market, because there's nowhere to go. Yeah. So if you pay the absolute ceiling, like it's kind of like a, like a new car. The minute you drive it off the lot, it's never worth more than the minute that you drove it off the lot. Mm-hmm. Wh- whereas it can only go down. So I, I like Kyle Pitts, the athlete. Now, if Kyle Pitts was was in uh, L.A., he was in the Chargers. He replaced Gerald Everett. Like they sent Gerald like in a quasi crazy Memphis trade. They sent Gerald Everett and Quentin Johnston to Atlanta for Kyle Pitts. I go from six to midnight. But unfortunately, he's he's still in Atlanta. So uh, I, I'm wishing the kid the best. I just can't pay those prices. For sure. So it, the, the talent's there. The price is also super, super high. So, But if you want them, you got to do it now. Speaking of players whose value has been fluctuate, or has been volatile, I should say, over the last couple of years, Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, I'll get it started here. I'm buying Michael Pittman Jr. He's wide receiver 32 on keep trade cut. But at player profile, our dynasty strings, we got him at wide receiver 24. That is a signal to buy, in my opinion. Wide receiver 22 in uh, 2021. Wide receiver 21 in 2022. That is hilarious that it actually planned out like that. I'm just realizing that now that 21-22 was the combination for both years. But I don't know. Maybe I should stop looking at weird things like that. Anyway, he did both of those, and he was able to get damn near top 20 uh, season with some bum-ass quarterbacks. And last year with, you know, Dusty Matt Ryan. I'm sorry, Jason. I know how you feel. Whoa. But Dusty-ass Matt Ryan. Whoa. He was second in total route wins, third in win rate versus man coverage, which tells me he can beat really good opposing corners. And he 52.2% contested catch rate. That is a good sign for his new quarterback, Anthony Richardson. So as he's scrambling around shedding defenders, and he just tosses a couple up to Michael Pittman, he has a better than 50-50 shot at coming down with that 50-50 ball. And like I said, he's paired with Anthony Richardson, the best quarterback of his career, the most talented and most athletic quarterback uh, in this class. Well, I should say the most athletic quarterback in this class, the most talented quarterback the Colts have seen in some time. So I'm buying Michael Pittman. Jason, what are you doing? Buying or selling Mr. Pittman? I'm selling Michael Pittman. And it's similar to the Falcons offense, even to where, you know, we're deciding how is everything going to be divided and what's even going to be there to begin with. And when you already have a wide receiver like Michael Pittman, who's valued at like wide receiver 24 back end wide receiver two, um, it, 
to me, the wide receiver market itself, regardless of how good Mike, Michael Pittman could finish right there. I'm not arguing that at all, that he's going to be bad. But the wide receiver market itself is just so volatile. There's people breaking out year in, year out that I, I just I think that I would be selling Michael Pittman for some lottery tickets and not really take on the risk of what the Anthony Richardson Colts offense is going to look like. Because everyone right now is going to say, Jonathan Taylor is going to be fantastic. Jelani Woods is going to break out. Michael Pittman is going to perform at ADP. All of those things can't happen at all. And I think it's easy to say that. It, it, it might be Jonathan Taylor. It might be Michael Pittman. It might be Jelani Woods. It's not going to be all three. And therefore, I'm not going to take the risk on a single one, to be honest. If it is, it's going to be Woods because he's so cheap. But I just, I, I, I'm not betting on, on, uh, on the most expensive asset in a questionable offense. Now, Memphis, I saved you for last because you are our guest. You're going to close out the show. But you're also an Indianapolis Colts fan. It's true. So are you buying or selling Michael Pittman Jr.? Well, well first of all, uh, I appreciate all the nice compliments that Jason paid. Anthony Richardson said, but I'm going to sit here and listen to him to, you know, besmirch the good name of Philip Rivers, <laughs> father of 17 kids, the best quarterback Michael Pittman's ever played with. I mean, he's a borderline Hall of Famer. It was in within three points he in Buffalo of, of beating Buffalo. McDusterson. He had his most efficient dusty year that year. So I'm, 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 I'm throwing from here. Hey, that, and Matt well, Ryan was awesome. No, no. Oh so, so, so Matt Ryan. This is what we're gonna do. This is how we, we're gonna close out the show, Memphis. We we we, we fell into Phillip the. Rivers. We we we. we Philip Philip Rivers had a fine year with the Colts. It was it was no Joe Namath with the with the Chiefs or whatever. But he's a hold for me. You know, Maddie, you had him as a buy. Jason, you had, I have him as a hold. I'm exploring okay. markets. If I have him, I'm just gonna hang on. I'm hoping I'm hoping that Shane Steichen can work his magic because the one thing I've, I've heard is that. The Colts receiving weapons work perfectly for an athletic quarterback like Anthony Richardson. They're big-bodied wide receivers. Alec Pierce is a big dude. Michael mm -hmm. Pittman is a big dude. Jelani Woods, Mo Ali Cox, these are big guys. And it's kind of like that basketball team. And you don't want like the short, accurate guys. You want the jump ball, the, the box them out specialist. And, and I do believe there's a world where Michael Pittman can be successful. Plus, he's a pending free agent. They have not extended him. So he could be, you know, doing his thing next year somewhere else. I don't know because of the rookie contract makes it a little bit more appealing for the Colts to re-sign him. Uh, if I'm buying, I'm looking kind of like in that DeAndre Swift market. Can I get him for a couple of seconds? I would not give a first if I was going to move him. I would want a first because you see the upside, you see the talent, contract year, so many variables with Michael Pittman. He's the kind of guy that if they've not extended him by midseason because the 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 salary um oh my gosh the uh the franchise tag is so expensive for wide receivers with the money that Chase is getting ready to get and the money that Jefferson's getting ready to get the money that oh, yeah. that Tyreek Hill makes it would be hard for the Colts to want a franchise tag for him for a year so he's the guy again who could you know be on the move so I'm holding him and just kind of like seeing how the season goes uh, and even if it goes absolute worst case scenario for you, the upside is, is that Anthony Richardson has room to grow as a quarterback yep. and he could take himself somewhere else because I think if Pittman actually hit the market, because I could think he would be like, like the best quality of wide receiver to like really hit the free agent market because guys right. like JJ and, and, and chase and those guys are never hitting the market. He at like 26 and a half years old next year could be a, like a, a big money guy. So hold for me. Do like the talent, a little unsure of the situation. Yeah, and especially with this NFL today, there's less and less uh, elite receivers that hit the market. They get extended. We saw that with A.J. Brown. We've seen that with DK, uh, um, DJ Moore. We've seen a lot of these guys get McLaren. extended. McLaren, you're going to have to trade for them uh, and then extend them. They, they don't really hit the open market. You like know, that's they, uh, you said the word, you know, this is trade gods. You know, this is the new NFL. Where the Colts could be in, you know, they, they could be like the trade deadlines right around Halloween, give or take a week. Mm -hmm. And they, they could be somewhere like around, you know, three and six, four and five and be like, hey, you know, we're not going to be able to do much with this guy. We're not going to resign him. What would a contender give us for Michael Pittman? Wow. You know, if, if you were a, a team, maybe a team loses a wide receiver because for the Colts, if you could get a first rounder for him, which sounds crazy, but... 
it wasn't that long ago that Stefan Diggs fetched a first from a contender and crazier things have happened. So I, I like Michael Pittman as a hold for those reasons. Just want to throw that out there when you said the word trade, because the NFL trades more than ever. Oh yeah. They get more and more like, you know, some of the other sports and we love it because it's just craziness. We want that integration of fantasy football and fantasy and real life football. So we love it here at trade gods and we love you Memphis young. That's going to wrap up this episode of trade gods, Memphis. Thank you so much for kicking it with us, giving us some of your time on this Thursday night. But the floor is yours. Go ahead and talk about anything that you'd like to promote where the fine folks can find you on socials, all that good stuff. Uh, All I want to do is, obviously, you're already on Player Profiler. You'll catch me here every other Monday. Got a show coming up this Monday for Kiss the Ring. We have not promoted Kiss the Ring. That's my commissioner podcast. Uh, we've, We've been going every other Monday, even during the holiday. Um, big thing is, is the Dynasty Warzone YouTube channel and podcast channel. We do a show, it's simulcast on the Player Profiler YouTube channel and podcast channel, but we do bonus content. We drop that on Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays. We have our own little mini team, uh, a guy named Dallas, a guy named Jesse, Chad, Mike. Um, we'll have our redraft guys. We'll be kicking it up soon. We're a, we're a smaller network, but I really believe in the talent that our network has. So pretty pleased with Sugar on Top. Head over to the Dynasty Warzone YouTube channel and just click subscribe. I promise you, you'll find uh, some good people, and we'll continue to help you with some different perspectives on your on your dynasty teams and fantasy yeah, make, teams and redraft teams in general. Make sure you check that out. Dallas is awesome. His team's awesome. You and Jerry have a great show. I've, I've been lucky enough to come on with just you, and then uh, with you and Jerry. Uh, check that out. Episode it was a few weeks ago. Uh, I said some crazy things about Garrett Wilson. It was so bad that it was Memphis so bad. The power. It was so bad that it blew a transformer here in in the, the city of Fishers, Indiana, and like I lost power and was unable to to leave the show. That's how hot that take was. Yeah, you did you did Dynasty Cells with us, and that was uh, we just wrapped up that series. We did Dynasty Cells with yourself. We did Dynasty Buys with our friend Dan Williamson of the Goat District, also simulcast here on the Player Profiler YouTube channel. And then last week we did holds with Theo, Theo of every podcast on the player profiler network. I think Theo just actually started three more podcasts in the course of us doing one. So tons of good stuff out there. You're, you're, you're tuned into player profiler, whether that be podcast or YouTube and a lot of great content, very proud and privileged to be on this team with you guys. Fisher, Indiana pulled the JPP in blue. All right. That joke's been played out enough. Jason floor is yours. Go ahead and promote everything that you're working on. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at JFootballWine. You can watch me every Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. on this YouTube channel on The Wake and Take, breaking down recent news and other fun stuff. You can find me here, of course, Thursday nights, 8 p.m. with my trade god brother, Matty Kiwoom. Every week, it's the best. Then, of course, follow the Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok that I'm running for our channels. That is Player Profiler on Facebook, Roto Underworld on Instagram, and Player Profiler on TikTok, go follow those right now. Absolutely, and you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Matty Kiwoom. All my stuff is coming out at Player Profiler, videos, articles, all that stuff. But if you just can't get enough of me in the game plan and trade gods, head over to Patreon.com/slash the executives with me and Cody Carpentier. I'm Matty Kiwoom. He's Jason Allwine. We were joined by the great Memphis Young. We are the trade gods. See you next week. Peace.